Welcome to the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. My name is Jeanette Cochran. I'm a pastor, women's leadership coach, and self-proclaimed Jesus feminist. I'm on a mission to inspire and equip women everywhere to own our voice, speak up, create, and lead wherever God calls. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I have been missing in action for a couple of weeks. Easter, spring break, and some pressing deadlines in my ministry work have kept me preoccupied. In fact, I just, I had to prioritize and make some hard decisions in order to maintain a healthy work-life harmony. I say hard decisions because honestly, the last thing that I really want to put off is this podcast. Because I have loved doing this podcast. It brings me so much joy. It actually has become my sort of creative outlet. And then add to that all of the incredible women that I'm getting to have conversations with and get to know. It really has added so much to my life. And so I hope it's adding a lot to your life as well. Today's episode is with another empowered Christian woman leader. Her name is Retha Nicole. I met Retha through an online network of podcasters, and I knew immediately that I wanted to bring her on the show. Retha is a sought-after speaker, trainer, and executive coach who has a unique perspective on various issues and challenges that busy professional women face especially moms. This episode today is gold for moms. So if you're a mom out there who's working maybe in corporate or running a business or leading in ministry, or maybe you are a mom who's just busy with volunteering and all the things that go with running your household, if that's you, today's episode is gold for you. We cover so much ground in this episode from how to stop feeling guilty about delegating chores to your children. And she gives practical tips for building margin into your daily life through her Sunday planning system. So whether you are still raising kids at home these days or not, her Sunday planning system really has some tips and tricks that all of us can implement into our life. Rita is also the creator of the Sunday Planning Circle. We also talk a little bit about gratitude and self-love and why they are essential for good parenting, for great leadership, and for ultimately building a life you love. Honestly, we talk about so much here that we really just scratch the surface. So I'd love to continue the conversation and hear from you. What are you taking away from today's episode? And maybe what are some of the practices that you have in your life that you could share with others who are juggling a lot? I'd love to hear your thoughts and insights. You can find me on Facebook at Coach or on Instagram at Jeanette.Cochran. Share your thoughts and insights on today's episode. Here's my conversation with Retha Nicole. Welcome, Retha, to the podcast. As we start, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your leadership, and anything that might be helpful as we get to know who is Retha Nicole? All right. So fun. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am Rita Nicole. 
Um, I am a mom of three boys. We are two of the three are teenagers. So we're deep in teenager land. Uh, I am uh, married to the mister. That's what we say on it on social media. And I'm a coach every day, every day. <laughs> I'm a coach every day. Um, I have other businesses, but this is the one that I'm in every day. The other ones pretty much just run themselves. So I say that to say I love business um, and I love women in business. And I work really hard to help women know that their past doesn't define them. It doesn't dictate what happens in the future. And you were created to live a life that you love. So if you're not doing that, Let's figure out how we can get you walking in that way towards that journey. I don't believe that God created anyone just to be here. And so sometimes there are seasons of our life where we feel like we are just walking zombies, like what is happening? And so I work with women every day to help them go from that to living a life that they love. I definitely think a lot of women can relate to that. We carry so much on our shoulders. And so oftentimes also just as women being socialized that we're supposed to be the nurturers and the peacekeepers. So you add that emotional load on. And oftentimes we find that we wake up one day and we're living to make everybody else happy and we're not quite sure what we want. And so I love that you're able to help women recognize that. Say a little bit more, um, about like we're created to live a life that we love. So often we go through life out of duty. Yeah. Um, or we may think that, well, a life that I love, isn't that selfish? I think that that's what gets you stuck into living a life out of duty. I think that's what gets you stuck into creating a life that your children love, creating a life that your spouse loves, creating a life that the people that you work for love. And I think the issue is that we do that so much that we forget that we can hold two things at one time. So I can truly, truly, and I do, I truly love my boys. I don't always like them, but I love them and will do anything for them. But I also recognize that eventually they will go on. Eventually they will live their own life, right? They'll be out of the house. And so if you wait until that time, then what do you have? You haven't built the, uh, you haven't built the habits and the patterns and the disciplines for the things that you love. And you end up looking at yourself going, well, I don't know what I like. I don't, I don't have a hobby. I don't know what I do for fun. I don't know what fun is to me if it's not cheering at a sporting event for a kid or, um, you know, going to multiple dinners with my spouse for work. So it's really about holding two. You have space. You have plenty of space in your life to hold two things and you matter. So it's not selfish. It's that you do count. You count. You matter. So there's room for you as well. Yeah, I always thought that being passionate and having purpose and mission and seeing my kids seeing me living into 
my calling actually helped me to be a better parent and helped me to model for them what life should be about. And it wasn't always easy though, because, and we're going to get into that, like juggling all the things then can become another challenge. But yeah, making sure that I was modeling for my children that there is a purpose and there's something that you're created to do in the world beyond what happens in your home. And obviously I think what happens in our home is vitally important. That's the launching pad. So it needs to be healthy and it needs to be empowering. But by myself getting out there and finding out what God has called me to do in the world, I think I was setting them up to really recognize what it looks like to live a life that is fully alive. Yeah, because let's go back to something you said. You said, I am doing this to model for my children, right? And so that's really the key is that there are a lot of things we do to model for them. But we forget that we could possibly be modeling that we don't matter, that we're always last, especially if you have girls, that's really, really key to remember that that too is what you're modeling. I, you know, I only have boys and I I don't know, right. They're not out of my house yet. So I don't know how much they pay attention to uh, if I bought myself something recently, if I went and got my hair done, if you know, how my nails look, if my, if I only get a pedicure in the summer, but girls would notice all of those things because that means something to them, right? It, if, if you only take them to get their hair done in their mind, they're going, I wonder when mom does that for her. They may never say it, but they wonder it. So then you're modeling that. And so fast forward, to she is now a mom in her early 30s. And you were now at her house saying, Cheryl, you should care more about you. And Dave wants you to look nice. Well, she never saw that for you. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard for her to now pick that torch up and carry it through. And so for boys, I think they pay attention to other things. They pay attention with their parents. They, I think, they pay more attention to how does dad love mom? Um, how's that happening? What does, is everything in our house fixed and dad does it and he takes care of it? I think when they look at their mom, they pay attention to how well she takes care of things. So then they look, does she take care of herself? Um, is she, what does she do when she's sick? Does she just keep on, you know, pressing on? She's got a fever, but she's still making lunches and things like that then that is the expectation that they will have for another female who may be like, what? (laughs) I have a fever. I'm going to bed. You had a fever. You were in the bed. You know what I mean? So you do have to really be careful what you are modeling as well. Good and bad. Yeah, that's so good. And I love your point. Like if you don't have girls recognizing that our boys are going to oftentimes take their cues for what they their expectations of are a future wife. And so by taking care of yourself and being um, and living into your purpose, you're helping them to become a great spouse one day to become a spouse that a woman is like, thank you. (laughs) 
that yeah, yeah. that you have set us up for success. I've I've talked about before um, that a thing I do is I gift them uh, responsibility and on their birthday. And that's like my, I mean, I do give them other stuff, but I gift them something off of my plate. And the purpose of their birthday is because that's coming every year. So I'm not going to do it. Um, I remember, and then I'm also not doing it angry, you know, or um, upset from a place of frustration. But it is also because I have boys like you, if you went to college or high school, then you met that boy who was like, who raised you? Like you, when is the last time you took a bath or you did not iron that shirt and you just put it on? Like what's happening? And so I I don't by any stretch think that my boys will be perfect, but my point is to hopefully do something with, they know how to iron. They know how to wash their clothes, right? That's a gift they got when they were um, six and eight. And, um, they know how to take the trash out. That's a gift that they got when they were seven. Um, they know how to grocery shop because once you turn 16, you are now my Instacart. I'm no longer paying a service when I have teenagers. So you grocery shop, uh, for the house off of the list. And I, uh, want you to remember every Sunday to put gas in my car because that is, a trait that you should carry with you to do for your spouse is on Sunday, right? So when you turn 16, you put gas in my car every Sunday. Um, When you turn 10, you clean the kitchen up and you clean your bathroom and you clean your room. And it doesn't matter if you have a housekeeper or not, we do, but you still are responsible for your part. And, And so I gift them responsibility for that purpose, right? So that they I think it's so they can be better humans. They say it's so that they can be better husbands. I say, well, win-win then, right? Um, yes. But it's that's really the point is, you know, I think at 13, you begin to cook a little something. You learn all the breakfast, right? And so they can definitely cook breakfast. The The middle, he can pretty much cook anything. The older one, I, he just doesn't have interest. Now he can, um, but he just doesn't have interest to make it great. It's good. We've all eaten it. We have to when it's his turn to cook, but uh, you can tell and see that to me too is a lesson because you can tell and you can teach them that when you love something, you put a lot of more, a lot more passion into it. When you just like it, you follow the directions on the box. You don't go, what else would make this great? Right. So Mm -hmm. that's another just pro tip. Oh, I I love that. What a mind shift that I hope the moms out there caught because so often I do hear women either saying consciously or unconsciously, they think, well, if I'm not doing it all, like if I'm not cooking the meals and doing the the laundry and I'm giving that to my kids that I'm kind of, I'm giving them um, a chore, but you're recognizing no, every year, I'm giving them a gift because I'm teaching them responsibility. I'm teaching them life skill. They will be self-sufficient when they are ready to fly the nest and they will be a better spouse. And I mean, even down to like filling the car with gas. I mean, our teenagers have so much time. So yeah, why not say, hey, that's now your chore. Mind-blowing. Thank you so much for that, Retha. Yeah, because I think like 
One issue that we'll have over and over is waiting till it's too late. So when you are parenting, you just look up. Honestly, we all do it. You just look up and you're like, oh my gosh, my time's almost up. And, you know, do they know everything that they need to know? Because there's a lot of life happening in between these years of birth to, I guess, you know, 18 when they go off. And so practically speaking, gifting it to them annually, something new takes the stress out of, do they know everything takes the stress out of, did I teach them everything? And it allows you to um, wean it in instead of dumping it all on them when they hit high school, which is when they are at their most stressful time. That's a really good point. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your planning process. Uh, so I suspect with this idea of gifting your kids every year, not only is it good for them, but it helps you as a leader and as a mom to be able to delegate things that it's are not necessary for you to do. And you have crafted this, this system that you call Sunday planning. Can you tell us a little bit of like, what is Sunday planning and how did you start this? Where, where did it evolve from? So Sunday planning is um, a weekly process where you do five things every Sunday that will help you throughout the week. It started, the two oldest, we affectionately call them the bigs. And so when the bigs were three and five, their father and I divorced and I was devastated. Um, it, I believed like I would be married forever and we got married really young. And so when you are from the South, I'm from the South. And so when you're from the South, you do, you get married young and you, you know, ride off into the sunset. So when we got divorced, it was very devastating for me. And I just was like, ah, so depressed, but I had two little kids. And so one day I was just like, okay, I got to figure out what I can do that will help me all week because I still have to live the best for these children. And so I started on Sunday planning uh, my outfits because mornings are tough, you know, so I would get all of my outfits out for the week. I'd get all of their outfits out for the week. And then I would go to uh, meals and I would just write meat, veggie side. Um, what are we going to have? Because newly divorced single mom, like I got to stay on a budget and I got to come home and the chicken should already be out because if not, then I'm not going to stay on budget because now we got to eat out and things like that. And so I would write that down and then I would look at my calendar and look at my schedule. Oh, I would do that for two reasons. One, so that I know what I have going on. And then I would also look at it for the sake of um, if I need help, right? Because I'm a newly single mom. So it's much better on a Sunday to say, Hey, mom, can you get the kids from school on Wednesday? Because I have to work late or I have a late meeting and blah, blah, blah. Then asking someone on Tuesday, right? So kind of knowing 
what you're doing before and asking for help was real crucial. And so that's why that was the second reason I looked at my schedule. And then I would also look at the schedule to make sure if they had anything going on. And I would, um, and so I, that's how it developed. That's how I started it. And then when I got on the internet um, long ago, I would just say, this thing is life-changing. You all should do it too. Like this will really help you. Um, you're looking for margin. Here's where you find your margin. Because we look for margin and then we spend 20 minutes and we don't even know we've wasted 20 minutes in our closet going, what am I going to wear? Oh my gosh, I've gained so much weight. I really need to work out. And then we call Sarah and be like, we got to get back in the gym, you know? And so all of that is time that you're wasting and you don't even think of it. So there's margin there. And then when it comes to, that's your outfits. Then when it comes to meals, how much time and money are you wasting by eating out? Because you forgot to take the pork chops out. You didn't have a plan for dinner. You did not grocery shop from that list. So now you have things in your house that don't match. You you have, you have salad, but nothing else, you know? And so it all started from there. And um, over time in 2019, um, a lot of people were doing it and loving it. And so I... Um, made a product for it. I have a Sunday planning journal. And that really was because I love journaling. I love to journal. And so that was the first, that was the flagship product. You can write your five things in there and then you can write 10 things you're grateful for and um, and things that you're speaking to yourself. So when I record, when I made the first product, it was really from a place of remembering where I was when I created Sunday planning, I needed to look at um, things that were good in my life. I needed to remember what gratitude looked like in this hard space. And I felt like a lot of people do as well. And I needed to remember to say things sweet to myself, right? Goes back to loving your life is that we tend to, we tell our kids and if we are married and our parents and our friends, that we love them often. But we never tell ourselves that. And we look at our people in our life and we remember to tell them how special they are and how beautiful they are. And so when you're in a hard season, um, you need to say nice things to yourself and remember that you're still beautiful. Um, You're still smart um, and you're still funny. And so that was the space I I wrote in there. But from there, it's evolved. I mean, we have a bunch of journals now for different things. Um, We have a weekly calendar notepad, which is our top seller for Sunday planning, um, because it just puts everything in one space. Moms really love it because it sits on the kitchen counter and you can write your menu on it. It has space for a grocery list and you can write the things for the week and everybody can see it. And so it really it was birthed out of a hard season, but it also being you know shared on the internet since probably 2016. So many women are like, "Yep, this is the thing. This seems so simple. Why didn't I think of this? Or this seems so simple. Why have I not been doing this?" You know, 
I think we don't always have to know everything. That's the beauty of community. And so somebody can tell you something that seems so simple. Just do it. Don't worry about why you didn't think of it. Just do the thing because it'll help you. We tend to think like it's, we look for big things, like where are the big things that I can get my time back? But just the the decision fatigue that says like, you know, after a long day of work, your brain, it's going to take more energy to make decisions. So by saying, okay, on Sunday, I'm going to decide what we're going to eat all week. I love that you even said, I'm going to decide what I'm going to wear all week. I think I'm going to try that. Like I've started the, the night before, but it hadn't even occurred to me, well, wait a minute. I pretty much know what the week's going to look like. So I could even go further than that and take 20 minutes to decide what I'm going to wear all week versus I guarantee you, if I'm doing that in the moment, every morning, it would take me much longer. So um, I love that. It's just saying like, there's time everywhere that you can pull back. And it's probably in the smaller things that we are not recognizing. Yeah, I think we look for massive amounts of time, right? We look for, I need two extra hours a day. Or, you know, when the weekend comes, we say, oh, I just need one more day. But the reality is you didn't treat those other days right. So you don't need a whole day because you're not going to do the right thing. Um, So stop looking for the big things and start small. 20 minutes of not... You know, when when I pick outfits on Sunday, I'm not saying this is for Monday, this is for Tuesday. I just pick five. Monday through Thursday, I know I'm going to see clients. So I'm just going to pick things that I would want to wear. When people say, oh, I can't do that because I'm so in the moment, I think, well, that's that's part of your problem right there is every you're looking at things that don't matter and making them matter. Mm. Mm. Truly, truly what we wear does not matter. I mean, it just, unless you were going to speak on stage somewhere or you are a teacher, you know what I mean? Like, but truly, even then it doesn't matter. You know how to dress professionally. It's just, if you are going somewhere big, it matters. But in your daily, I'm on a Zoom Monday through Thursday. I wear Uggs every single day. I have on Uggs right now. Because you can't see my feet. You can only see the top part of me. Now, I do get fully dressed but because I wear dresses a ton. But truly, if I wanted to, I could have on pajama pants and Uggs every day and just pick out a nice blouse. That's how you know it doesn't really matter. That's how you know it shouldn't take you that much time, Mm -hmm. right? And so when people tell me I can't pick my outfits every day, I mean, I can't pick all my outfits on Sunday because I never know what the mood, what mood I'm going to be in and all of that. I immediately go, oh, you waste a lot of time on things that don't matter. Mm, So, so valuable. Yes. Recognizing what are the, what are the priorities? I think you said something else I want to, I want to hit on. The Sunday planning includes saying nice things to yourself because we as women, struggle with that. I mean, I think it's just the human condition. Everybody struggles with that, but sometimes as women, we can really struggle with that and either have that inner critic that is giving us ourselves negative messages, or we're not even aware of the unconscious thoughts that we're having. And so being conscious to say, no, stop and 
and love yourself. I mean, the Bible says that we're to love our neighbors as ourselves, And so it really is true. I believe you cannot love someone else more than you love yourself. So the more that we practice that self-love, that's just that self-acceptance and looking for the good, recognizing our gifts and owning those, the more that we have to love our family, to love our coworkers, to love our neighbors. So I, what a beautiful practice that you have paired every week as you're planning for your week to give yourself some of that self-love that you need. Yeah, because so go back to what you said. So you said that the Bible says we should love people as we love ourselves. So if we really dove into that, you would probably be offended by me saying that there's a greater love for your people if you in turn chose to love yourself at a greater level, Mm. but we don't. Yeah. And you aren't seeing that because you love them so much more. But when it gets hard, when it gets tight, when it gets thick, that's where that greater love comes from. And it most of the time will not, does not, because you have a hard time loving yourself. Or another thing that we do is we go inward and think, I'm doing all of this for all of the people. And we may not say it, but we think it. No one ever does this for me. No one ever says thank you to me. No one ever, or they don't appreciate me enough. You appreciated you enough. You wouldn't even notice that. Or when is the last time I showed myself love? When is the last time I took time for myself? Yeah. Because the first thing to go is self, right? So when you're really busy and you're really going through, you do everything for everybody else. And then you just kind of fall in the bed or you fall on the couch and you're just done, which then if you look at that day, you didn't eat well, you didn't drink your water, you didn't find your joy. Um, for you, you didn't, you go, what made me laugh today? That was for me. Like, what could I do that would really help me? What do I like? And then that's when it hits you that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. I, yeah. I want to hone in on something. I saw something that you recently did on social media and it sounds like it's something that you implemented personally and we're sharing with others. And it was called seek joy Saturday. Yeah. Tell me, tell us a little bit about that, because I do think, you know, the planning is the place to start so that we can get some margin, but sometimes we just also need to make space for joy. And so just say a little bit about that. What is your Seek Joy Saturday and, and so you know, again, how practice that? Seek Joy Saturday came from another hard place. When the pandemic hit, every day looked the same. We were working in our house. We had to eat at home, right? Remember that? And we went to church at home, like everything was here. And so when everything is in that one place, then every day began to look the same. And so I started saying, nope, here's one day that's going to look different because you're going to make it look different. 
on Saturday, I want you to seek joy. And so figure out what that looks like for you. And so during the pandemic, uh, we don't do it now. Now, because the world is back open and everything appears to be normal for whoever, whatever normal you believe, we do it the first Saturday of every month. So I, I continued it after the pandemic because whereas we did it then because every day looked the same, we do it now because we still in the busy of life need to find joy. So they both, right? That's you can hold two things at the same time. They both are still true. And so that's why I started it is because I really wanted people to remember this is the only life you get. You don't get another one. This is it. Yeah. So when you know that and you're aware of that, then you tend to look at things differently and live differently. So if you get nothing else from me on today's podcast, I want you to remember that you are not in a dress rehearsal. This is your life. It's yours. At the end of your life, you stand face to face with Jesus, not you and your people, you. And so you don't want to stand face to face with him and go, I wish I could have read more books. What? Read now. Uh, I wish I had just rested more. Rest now. And so seeking joy for you can look different for you than it would look for me. But during the pandemic, we gave examples of that because it was really difficult because everybody had to be in their houses. But I reminded people that you could take walks. Like, what are we doing? You could ride bikes. What are you saying? You you don't have to stay in your house. You could, you know, you could play in the backyard. Remember when you were 10 and you used to do that? Like, so we had ideas of, we had thousands of ideas. I I have over 300 women in the uh, SP Circle community, but we had ideas of what you could do to seek joy in so on the first Saturday, um, on the first Friday of every month, I remind everyone that tomorrow we will seek joy. Whatever that means for you, you will do it. And I kept it going because one of the other things that I said is that I say often to remind you that this is your only life is that you're just fake busy. You're not, that's not real. I want you to be real productive, not fake busy. And so taking the time to, seek joy is, is, is really, it helps you to be on the journey of living the life that you love. And so out of that, so many women were like, I went on a hike. I haven't done that in years. Or I sat with a fiction book. I haven't read fiction in years, right? Because everybody reads so much self-help or self-improvement. And so reading fiction again, thrillers and suspense novels and Uh, Some people even said, I just sat in my backyard and listened to a podcast, which seems so small, but usually I'm doing a hundred things while I'm listening to said podcast. So it felt so restful just to sit in my backyard and listen and do nothing. And um, some people said, I drove an hour to a friend's house because usually I always am too busy to do the thing, but that hour drive was worth it. We spent two hours together and that brought me so much joy. I cooked meals for a friend who I know is in a rough spot and me cooking that 
felt so good. So yeah, we do, I still do it because I still think that we should take time to seek joy. What a great practice. And as I said earlier, I love the way that you just distill things down to very practical application. And I don't know any of us who couldn't use more joy in our life. The the idea of at least saying, well, let's make one day that we're going to be intentional about it, I think really reminds us, or at least it does for me, that joy is something that we seek. Sometimes we just sit around waiting to feel happy or waiting to feel better and realizing like, no, we we need to choose these things. We have agency. And and there are seasons in our life where it's harder to find. And so we have to be even more intentional to choose it. And, you know, Rita, as I'm talking to you, what I, I hear over and over again from you is you have gotten into really difficult seasons. And out of those difficult seasons, instead of just staying stuck and spiraling down, you have been proactive to find your way out, to find the courage, to find a practice. And then out of all of those things, you have shared those with others and brought help to so many others. That's exactly the picture of an empowered Christian woman. It's not someone that always has life easy, but it says, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to stay stuck. Tell us a little bit about all of these different milestones in your life. Where do you find that courage? Where do you find that resilience to be able to say, okay, you know, I'm a divorced mom now, not what I wanted. I'm going to figure out how to go forward. Or even in the middle of the pandemic, recognizing like, we're not going to stay stuck in this routine. We're going to find some joy. Where does that come from for you, that that courage and that resilience? <laughs> I, uh, listen, I asked before we started this podcast, was it um, visual? And so now I'm very glad that it's not visual as I sit here and almost cry. I think, um, I don't know. (laughs) God just gives it. He just helps me. And, um, And I let him. And I think that's the part that, um, Uh, makes me so emotional is because we most times go through things. Oh my gosh. If we have to record this over, we can't. I'm so sorry. I love, I love that you're being real with us. Thank you. (laughs) We go through things and we look to tangible things to help us, but he's right there. That's what he wants. And so gosh, that's hard sometimes. But later, you know, when she come through, you look and you go, well, I'm glad he was there because I couldn't have done that without him. And, and that's the story of my life. I, I, I wouldn't have, couldn't have done anything that I have done or that I am continuing to do without him. And so that's where I get the courage and the strength from is strictly for him. But I do the things, I create the the products or I have the classes because I want more women to get it. I want you, I I don't want you to walk through what I've walked through. That's that's hard. 
I was five months pregnant when my 33-year-old husband went into a coma and I took care of him in that way for a year and nine months and then he died. And so you may never walk through the coma piece. You may never walk through the divorce piece. Everybody's heart is relative to them. So I just want to show you how to walk through the hard. I want to show you how to lean into God more when it is tougher than you can imagine. I want to show you that there is life after trauma. I want people to look at me, hear my story and go, oh man, I can do it. Please don't look at me and go, she's awesome because I'm nothing without him. And I'm not as strong as you think I am because you take him away and I probably would not be here recording this. So look at me and go, that same God that did that for her can do it for me. And so I'm going to seek him wholeheartedly. I'm going to seek him when it gets hard because hard is coming. Like, listen, we read all of the really Bible verses. I need y'all to read Lamentations. Like, (laughs) I need you to read Job. I need you to read James, which James is my favorite book of the Bible because I believe that he talks to you in a way where you'll get it. Lamentations chapter three is an amazing book of the Bible chapter. It's gritty. It's hard. But I think if we spend all of our time in the rainbows, if we spend all of our time in the fairies, then when the valley comes, we go, wait, what? Oh, wait. And so I do. I work really hard to say the hard things because Life is hard, yet he's still there and he makes it better and beautiful, but we got to be patient. We got to wait our turn. And in that waiting, in that patience, we have to just keep walking. So I'm always determined to just keep walking. Hmm. I don't have to know where I'm going. Most of the time I don't, but I am determined to just keep walking. Thank you for that word. And so beautiful. And so you are definitely an inspiration. You have so many practical applications and, and your call, like this is the only life we get. So live it to the fullest has been born out of hard times. It's not saying that life is always easy, but it's out of those hard times that you appreciate that you want to live every day to the fullest and, and look for the joy. And Rita, this has been fantastic on so many levels. Where can listeners find more information about you or your Sunday planning? If they want to look you up, where can they find you? So um, I say that everything, everything I have is on Instagram. There's a link in my bio on Instagram and it has Uh, my website, it's my website actually, but it's my website link. And then it shows you how, if you think you want to be a client, um, it, you can go to the website. It'll tell you when we open the doors for that. Um, You can buy products there. You can get journals. Everything is in that link in my bio. And 
my name is Retha Nicole on all social media. So I'm pretty easy to find. I try to keep it pretty simple. That's great. And we will put a link to your Instagram in the show notes. If folks want to look you up, I think many of them will. It's been so fabulous. Oh, great. So Rita, thank you for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the empowered Christian woman podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with other women in your network. For more information about me and the work that I do, check out JeanetteCochran.com. And I'd love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social. You can find me on Facebook at jcochrancoach or Instagram at Jeanette.cochran.